I know. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Um, so I'm going to try and stick to that. Um, and then we're going to go into the baptisms. But I, I want to keep, this is going to be a really simple message. Because actually, I don't think today's a day for trying to do anything fancy. And uh, particularly um, other than to declare the truth of what we are, are celebrating today. And why it is that two people have decided to get baptized. Why it is that they're going to go in a, in a few moments time and, and, and they're going to sit in that pool. All right, probably up to about here. And then they're going to be plunged under, uh, under the water. And eventually we will bring them back up. How long can you hold your breath for? We, we could do a bit of a test right now. No. Basically, what's going to happen is they're going to be plunged under the water, uh, full immersion. Okay, so it's not, it's not a sprinkling. And I mean, John's, I mean, a true, a true picture of a servant getting some hot water to go in and try and warm it up a little bit. Um, and so we, this is a, so it's a full immersion, okay? So it's not, not a sprinkling. In our, in our church, this denomination, we, we, are, um, we, we believe in full immersion. And I'm going to tell you why we believe in full immersion and why we practice full immersion. And I'm going to read some scriptures to you, and then I'm going to tell you four or five things why uh, we get baptized. Okay, so now I want to make clear to you, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand. Okay, so Chris Callan this morning, you've received the gospel, and you're taking your stand this morning. The truth of who Jesus is, his death and resurrection, his ability to free you from your sin and your shame and your guilt and all the stuff of life, that's the thing in which you're taking your stand upon. It's his work, that gospel, and by which you are being saved if you hold to the message I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I, pre I passed on to you as most important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. And then he appeared to over 500 brothers and sisters at one time. Most of them are still alive. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinthians saying, actually these witnesses that saw Jesus, Jesus in the flesh, Jesus really resurrected, some of these are still alive and keeping testimony to the fact that this resurrected Jesus is here. Um, but some have fallen asleep, he goes on to say. Then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles, last of all uh, to one born at the wrong time. He also appeared to me. Okay, I'm, I make no apologies about getting a little bit excited talking about the resurrection because I think it's the biggest event that happened in the history of, of humankind, in, in the history of all creation. This is a defining moment because if this didn't happen, ha didn't happen, then what you, if you've been baptized or what you're about to do, Chris and Callum, uh, if, 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 if this resurrection didn't happen, then what we're about to do is just pointless. You're just getting wet. And you're going to unnecessarily have to hold your breath for a few minutes. <laughs> it's, it, it's really the, the, the hinge point. This is the moment that this, if Jesus is alive, then this changes everything. Not just for eternity. It's not just so that we can sit back, wait for Jesus to come back for his church, and then everything will be okay. Actually, the resurrection changes everything for, for you and for I, for now and forever. It changes everything about life. Why? Because it's a sign of new life. 
So in, in the Old Testament, we get the story of God. In Genesis 1 and 2, God made everything, everything good. In Genesis 3, disaster happens. Humanity's kicked out from the presence of God, out of relationship with God. It's banished. All right, we're banished. We can no longer just be in, the pres- in relationship with God. And so the rest of Scripture tells the story of God's pursuit for for his creation and his love for his creation and humanity's continued rejection and rebellion. We get examples throughout the Scriptures of people living a life, seeking to live a life towards God and in faith with him and lives that are turned around and changed because of his grace. But we also see the mess of society. We see the mess of human relationships. But for those who have put their trust in Jesus, the scriptures point out that life changes forever. Life is changed. Well, Paul writes in Ephesians that we we were once dead in our trespasses and sin. That's the rejection of God, a separation from God, our wrongdoing against God. He says that we have been made alive in Christ. New life through faith and trust in him. So it's a sign of new life. The second thing is that we're liberated from the power of sin. Liberated from the things that stop us experiencing God in all his fullness, in all his glory, in all his majesty, experienced all the life that's available in and through Jesus. We are liberated from the, those things. That's the reality, actually, that we get to live from. So if you're in Christ Jesus this morning, the, the truth the truth is you are not, no longer a sinner, but you have been saved by grace and you are a saint in him. But that doesn't mean to say that we don't continue to have a ver- various things that affect our lives and have an impact upon us or do things that would sometimes displease God. Uh, this is not a moment for my confession. If you would like to know those things, you can speak to my wife afterwards. But actually, the, the reality is that the, since power has been broken because, de- because Christ rose from the grave. This, the, the, the third thing is this. Why, why, be, um, why, be, why be baptized? Well, actually, Christ's death and resurrection was once and for all. It doesn't need to be repeated. So when you are being baptized, you're saying that Jesus' death and resurrection is enough. That one-time moment where Christ died for you, died for your sin to liberate you and me from the things that stopped us and stop us experiencing true life, saying that that is enough. Jesus is enough. His death and resurrection is enough. His power is enough. The thing is, we, sometimes we can, we can try to please God in our own effort and own striving, and he simply asks us to come to him, to believe that he is enough. And from that place, we then get to live as if he is enough. Jesus' victory on the, on the cross and in his resurrection was enough. The fourth thing is this, is that it's a demonstration of loyalty to Jesus. When we, when we get baptized, we, what we're saying is that my old life has gone. I recognize that my, sim, my sinfulness, my, my rebellion against, my, my rejection against God, and you might never frame it in those things, but actually to be a, outside of a relationship with God is just simply to, is to reject Him. 
You might be the nicest person in the world, but actually, if, if you're not in relationship with God in and through Christ, then it's a rejection of Him. And so it places you outside of Him. But when you come to put your faith and trust in Christ Jesus, and you put your hope in Him, you're saying that my old life now is gone. It's been buried with Him. Buried with Christ. And as you come up out of the water... You're saying that this resurrection, this, this, when Christ burst out of the grave, my, my new life is now find, found in Him. I'm alive in Him. And the thing, the thing about putting your trust in Jesus is it's, it's, not, it's not simply a knowledge thing. It's not simply an academic exercise through which you go, oh yeah, I, I see the logic of all that, and there is some logic. There is rationale behind it. There is, there is truth behind it. There are facts behind it. But it's not simply about coming to believe some facts about Jesus and his resurrection. It's actually about an experience of the power of God, the truth of God, the resurrection of Christ's life at work in and through us as we put our trust and belief in him. And so if that's true, then it means that we can, we can rightly declare our loyalty to Jesus because I don't know about you but I'm, if, I'm not a betting man but if I was a betting man I'd put my money on the guy that conquered the grave I'd put my all in on him everything not just my little coinage I'd give everything because that's the very thing that changes everything for us changes everything for us is that he is alive and so the fifth thing is that we, because he lives, we can live. Because he lives, we can know true life. Because he lives, we can know the fullness of life. Even in the midst of the chaos and the mess of this world. Because actually the life of Christ, by his spirit, is at work in and through us. And so baptism is this public declaration that you believe in the resurrection of Jesus. And that you are his. And that he is yours. It's you saying, Jesus, I'm all in. There's no turning back. And the beauty of, of what Paul writes to the church in Corinthians says, this is the thing that is of most importance. If you're going to focus on anything, focus on this. Because this is the key message. This is why Christ came. This is why Christ died. This is why he rose again, so that we might be reconciled to God. And so this morning, Callum, Chris, as you're about to get wet, about to go under the water, we are celebrating with you and we're standing with you. This is a, this is a declaration this morning of your loyalty to Jesus. And for all of those of you who have been baptized and, and have gone through the waters of baptism, this is a simple reminder that you, you and I, we don't earn our salvation. It's not like this, is gonna, this, this doesn't wash away your sin. Jesus, through your, your faith in Christ alone and his act of bringing new life in you Makes you, makes you set, sets you free and sets you in him. Sets you, sets, makes you clean. This is a declaration that that reality is going to be lived out 
for the rest of your life. And as you walk with him, Paul says about being saved, the outworking of his life in you as you seek to walk with him day by day, relying upon his death and his resurrection, relying upon his power at work in and through you. So, how, so the, the, this morning, it's, it's not just about the head knowledge, this, this, this act of baptism. It's not just about knowing some stuff is true. It's about experiencing that this life is true and committing your way to walk with him and follow him. I don't know where you're at this morning. Um, I, I don't know where your, your, your faith is. I don't know what stuff you've experienced. I don't know. This, it, just this week, actually, because life happens so quickly. But this morning, I want, you to, I want us to come back to the truth and the reality of who Jesus is and that he is present with you in these moments and that your life is found in him. Your hope is secure in him because of the resurrection of Jesus. So let's pray. I'm going to get my shorts on. That's, a, that's an image for you all, isn't it? <laughs> Jesus, I thank you for your, uh, your life. I thank you for your death. I thank you for your resurrection. I thank you now that you're sat, seated at the right hand of the Father and you are the one who reigns over all. Jesus, we recognize that we live in this moment of the now and the not yet. We live with the reality of your, of your power at work in us, and your hope in our hearts, and you're setting us free and set us free. Lord, would you help us as we celebrate this moment of baptism with Callum and Chris to know the reality of your power at work in us, whatever it is that we're facing in this moment, because we know that one day you will make all things new. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.